Catholic Views. I'm your host, Renee Kranz. Today on the show, we will have Father Brian Eckrich here to talk about the Solemnity of the Assumption of the Blessed Virgin Mary, which is today, if you're listening on the radio, or coming up in a few days, if you're hearing it before then. Or was. Or was. Right, or was, if you're really (laughs) And Thank you, Bill, for that. (laughs) All right. First, we're going to get some biblical bites with Doctor B. So now I always loved nice, nice little That's subtle, a little, subtle yeah, a little scene. different. Uh, I always what, what I like. What's the first question I always ask, Renee? What Sunday is it? Yeah, it is and you, the yes. Yeah. I already wrecked it. So uh-huh. what? <laughs> what do we? What? Ha- so to recap of late, we've been reading from John, which is unusual because. Because it's Mark's year. Yes. And John just fills in the yes. blank parts where Mark and what fell part away. Of John, right? What part of our John were we <laughs> reading? <laughs> you always the bread of life discourse. Last week you said Mark forgot. I know. <laughs> the bread of life discourse. So, it, be, yeah. But because August 15th this year happens to fall on a Sunday, which does every few years, mm-hmm. the solemnity of the Assumption of the Blessed Virgin Mary trumps, if you mm-hmm. will, the... 20th Sunday in ordinary right, time. Right. So we're actually not reading from that part of of John 6. Actually, it's actually the part where Jesus, by the way, ups it, like, you must eat my flesh so and drink my blood. So do we skip that all together then and miss it? We skip that part and we come oh, back. Oh, no. We come back to later. So we'll get back to John 6 here uh, next week the, for the Sunday I can't the believe we missed that part. That's no, horrible. You have to, people have to read we'll their have to Bibles. do a little special episode. Dust off. Renee, dust off. <laughs> blow, the, blow the dust off your Bible, you know. <laughs> Um, <laughs> or just go online or just go online. Yeah. Bill, Bill's laughing over. He's really laughing. Folks. <laughs> What's so funny, Bill? Nothing. No, it requires singing, which I'm not going to do. Uh, so all right. Keep all on right. Going. Fine. Uh, so we are not hearing from John six. We're hearing from the readings proper to solemnity. So I just want to a couple, one liturgical trivia item for okay. today. And then we're going to look at the first reading, but, 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 this mass, this feast, this solemnity actually has a vigil mass. Oh, okay. Do you know what that means? That means it's in the evening before or during the night. So or every, every like so that. every Sunday has a vigil mass. Right. Well, yeah, it does. Isn't, so, it? isn't that technically so, a vigil mass? No. 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 Okay. Now, now. I got uh, the buzzer. You did get the buzzer. No, maybe I didn't get the buzzer. So, you know, because there are people who like have their doctorates in liturgy. Maybe, I, I'm pretty sure I'm right about this. I'm right Ooh, in part. Father Lawrence, the, can Father you Lawrence help us? Father Lawrence might correct me, <laughs> but I don't think he will. So, a vigil mass technically has its own set of readings and oh, prayers. Yes. So, Pentecost has a vigil mass. Mm-hmm. Christmas Eve has a, has vigil, a vigil mass. Easter mm-hmm. has a vigil mass. Mm-hmm. The Assumption of the Blessed Virgin. There are some of the other solemnities have vigil masses. Right. But so yes, you're right. Every Sunday we do have the Saturday evening. But uh, it's the same readings. But it's the Sunday. same readings, the same person. Right. So te- sometimes you're anticipatory mass. I don't know that that's actually technically the technical, properly technical term either. But a vigil mass has, so the vigil for the Assumption of Blessed Virgin Mary has actually different readings and prayers. Oh, okay. Now, the reality of most, pr- yes, Bill, there's a, no, I haven't prepared for TV mass this weekend, and that's is quite helpful to know. Well, yeah. Ooh. So, so <laughs> now this yeah, is no, Don't worry about that. Don't worry about your day jobs, people. Um, so, so, the like the in most parishes, the vast, but just parish reality is 
to be honest, priests don't have time to prepare two different homilies right. for Saturday and Sunday. So it's it's allowed um, to, I think it's allowed, it happens, <laughs> that the uh, Sunday readings are read on Saturday night. Okay. So if you go to Mass on Sunday, you're probably going to get the, or Saturday, you're probably going to get the Sunday okay. readings. Okay. So, so you're probably fine. Okay. Though. Good. Although, you might, although it is the cathedral, <laughs> so you might want to double check. Uh, no. So, folks, you should go online to watch what happened for Sunday night. <laughs> yes. The little thing I want to share uh, in the time we have left. So, for Sunday's readings, the first. So, I get to so ask my questions. Renee, what's the first reading from for this Sunday? I do not know when. Bill Rep- hasn't done TV Mass yet. Uh, uh, oh, I, I quick read before I came in here. What was it? Oh, it's blank. It's wasting all your time. Corinthians Tick. is the second one. Revelation. Revelation. You were Revelation totally eleven twelve. David. <laughs> he just throws out a David. I think you're. <laughs> I think you may have looked at the readings for Saturday. No. <laughs> yes, he's wasting my time. God's temple in heaven was opened, and the ark of His covenant could be seen in the temple. A great sign appeared in the sky: a woman clothed with the sun. With the moon under her feet and her on her head a crown of twelve stars. Thanks to Bill, I don't have time to go into the detail. No, not thanks. To I want to get the literature trivia. We're going to talk about this another time. We're going to we're going to it will come up again. The ark, God's ark of the covenant. What is that? If you've seen Indiana Jones, you have a little bit of mm-hmm. an idea. It's a big gold box. But that's the bark of the ark of the old covenant. Mm-hmm. Renee, what's the ark of the new covenant? Mary. So. The Ark of the Covenant was could be seen in the temple, and then a great sign appeared in the sky, a woman clothed with the sun, the moon under her feet. That's the Blessed Virgin Mary assumed into heaven. She is the Ark of the New Covenant, but we are going to have to talk about that more some other time. Okay, we'll look forward to that. Thanks, Dr. B. You bet. In the studio with me today is Father Brian Eckrich, one of our favorite new guests. He's been here a couple times. He was gracious enough to come back. Um, welcome, Father Eckridge. How so are you? So very good to be here. Good, oh, good. Yes. Um, so, okay, the last time you were here, you <laughs> hadn't moved to your new assignment yet, and now you have moved mm-hmm. to your new assignment. You're very excited to go to some rural parishes. So first, before we talk about our topic, we'll talk about that in a second, I want to know how things are going for you Oh, up things there. are going wonderful. Great. You know, the cathedral is a great place, but uh, my heart was truly in small-town South Dakota. Mm-hmm. I, I told the bishop, that I would someday I would really like to be in a small town parish mm-hmm. because that that's that's what South Dakota is. Right. And he was gracious enough to uh, answer my request, and he didn't give me one small parish; he gave me three. three. <laughs> so while I'm living in in Del Rapids, uh, mm-hmm. I also help serve in uh, Garrettson and Huntimer, and those yeah. have been wonderful places. Yeah. Good. Wonderful people. Still getting to know them all. Good. Have you had supper with any of them yet? Oh yes. Okay. Good. Yep. Good. If you haven't had Father Eckrich over for supper yet, you really need to. He's a lot of fun. And uh, it's just great to get to know him. So we've had a chance to do that here in the chancery while he was at the cathedral. And that was a real joy. So it's good to have you back. It's good to be for back. For a minute, at least for oh, yes. half an hour. 20 minutes. <laughs> All right. So today we are going to talk about the solemnity of the Assumption of the Blessed Virgin Mary, which uh, as this airs on radio will be that uh, that solemnity day. Um, so, which is good because you told me you had to work on your homily. Yes. So (laughs) that's what I'm doing right now. (laughs) We're working the homily out during the show. So we'll see how this work goes. (laughs) All right. So will you just tell us a little bit about what we're observing today first? So the solemnity of the assumption of Mary, uh, acknowledges that Mary at the 
end of the, the course of her earthly life was assumed body and soul into heaven. Mm-hmm. And so uh, we don't know exactly when that happened or what. I mean, it's not recorded in Scripture. It's, right. it's just there's, but it's, it's been long held as a matter of tradition mm-hmm. um, from the from the earliest, the 6th or 7th century. Okay. And so based on her, her sinless nature, her... Um, her intimate union with Christ's own redemptive work that we believe that she shares in the fruits of, of Christ's victory. Uh, she is the first fruits. And so Christ gave her that special privilege to whatever it looks like to be assumed, <laughs> be raised from the first after Christ to experience the resurrection. Right. Right. And so now she's, she, that happened, and now we profess and believe that she is in heaven now, right. the right hand of the Father. When did this come about in the church? Because the way I understand it, this isn't that old of a, of a solemnity, right? Well, yes and no. Okay. I mean, it's, like I said, it's been, liturgically, it's been celebrated and acknowledged since the 7th okay. century. Right. Uh, as a matter of piety and devotion, it was Pope uh, Sergius the first in uh, around the seven hundreds. <laughs> well, I'm guessing most people haven't. I didn't. I didn't before I looked it up. Okay. Um, so this has been, you know, this is what happens in the church. There's there's this kind of organic development. There's this this mm-hmm. piety, this tradition, and then eventually, it might happen that if there's uh, support grows enough for it, and this like enough bishops and priests and it becomes universal and then there's also it's not just not just our devotion but then it all actually has to have roots in revelation that's the basis of 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 a dogma um then it can come along and there was actually requests for this to happen actually in the first vatican council in 1870 let me see there was 204 council fathers that actually wanted this defined already in 1870 and so then uh, Pope Pius XII came along and said actually in 1946, and he started to put out surveys to all the bishops around the world and say, actually, there's, you know, I see there's this desire for this, and this to be something good for the, for the piety of the church and life of the church. And he got a very overwhelmingly positive response mm-hmm. back. So then it was in 1950 then, uh, November 1st, 1950, that uh, he actually formally made the— uh, dogmatic definition right making it official um that's not to say it wasn't always like it didn't exist before right. that like but, we didn't believe it before yeah, that. no yeah. it certainly was but yeah. it was just in a, in a more a formal right way right and i think that sometimes can be a confusion for people um especially outside of the church that they think that we just invented that in the 1950s and that's certainly not the case <clears throat> nope it was that hardly there. ever happens where we just invent something. It's usually something no. that's been around a very long time. No, and when it comes to doctrines and dogmas, we don't we don't invent those. Those, no. don't, those don't come from us, and they, they don't come from move God. quickly. <laughs> no. <clears throat> um, so this teaching really does. It's not specifically in the Bible, like very explicit. So how does it? How did it come about? Like, where are they getting this from? Okay, <clears throat> we're just kind of going through <clears throat> the list of. Implicit references from Scripture. Mm-hmm. Uh, first, the very basis, one of the basis of this this teaching is Luke chapter 1, where mm-hmm. the angel Gabriel comes to visit Mary, and he declares to her, uh, Hail Mary, full of grace. It's from that, 
is the basis of the Immaculate Conception of Mary's sinless life, her freedom from original sin and Mm -hmm. actual sin. And so as the dissolution of the body is a punishment of original sin, death, we said people in the church started to see from the very early centuries, okay, Mary must somehow be free from this punishment. Right. And so then it just kind of tied in then, okay, if she, well, if she doesn't, we're not sure if she dies, then, well, it would make sense that she, if she's not dead, then where is she? Right. Okay, well, right. she's, she's not, we haven't, don't know where she is on earth unless right. she's hiding. Right. So she must be in heaven. But then also, um, the very basis then, continuing on, the basis of all of the privileges of Mary is her divine maternity. Mm-hmm. That the moment of the incarnation where the divine God had encountered humanity, began to encounter humanity, and where did that happen? God united himself to human nature at the ascent of Mary, at the Annunciation, Mm -hmm. and then within the womb of Mary, the sublime tabernacle. And then also God took his human nature, the flesh and blood, the body of Christ came from the flesh and blood of Mary. Right. And so then she has this intimate participation in Christ's work. That she is we say that she is the figure of the church. She is she is the very cause, the source of the body of Christ. Mm-hmm. And so it's because of that intimate working that that with the redemption redemptive work of Christ then that we say then, I guess point three is she then becomes the co-redemptrix. Mm-hmm. She is intimately bound up with the salvific work of Christ. And as she shares in Christ's work, so she shares in Christ's victory. Right. And so— That's a great way to explain that because I think people get tripped up on that too, the, the co-mediatrix or because—and the way you explain that with because he comes from her humanity— her human fl- her her human flesh that makes a lot of sense that she then participates in that yeah and she's not we think of like you know sometimes we can think of mary as just like oh well, she gave birth to christ right. and then and that's you know it. and then christ <laughs> went off to do his thing and then mary you just go off in the corner and do do whatever you want right. you're the mother of god right but you know but then no like jesus he's a good son like mm-hmm. and he he loves his mother and he wants her to be a part of his own work. Right. And one of the things I think is kind of interesting, um, the wedding feast at Cana, mm-hmm. you know, that we see from that moment, that's the beginning of Christ, the mission of Christ, of his public ministry. We might say the the, the advent of the church. Mm-hmm. Mary is the one who says, who prompts him to say, right. there's a need here. They've run out of wine. Fix this problem. Yeah. And she listens to him, right? Because she all good sons listen to their mothers, right? Right. And so, <laughs> yep. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> yeah. So, but yeah, and so that's, so that's the. I mean, just this Mary and Jesus always they're a pair. Yeah, they go together. Yeah. So, uh, if you just joined us, when I'm talking to Father Brian Eckrich about the Assumption of Mary, um, you tell me if you want to move on to this piece next, but. A lot of times you'll hear Mary referred to as the new Eve. 
is a good place to bring that yeah, I think, in. I think, okay, we can, great. I think we can do so that. So can you explain what that means? Because that too is, uh, you can kind of see it a little bit, but then mm-hmm. it's, it's also a little confusing. So okay. help us out on that. Well, and this also goes probably to the, some of the scriptural basis of this. So we have to turn back to Genesis, mm-hmm. that Genesis chapter three, uh, the fall of man just happened. Adam screwed up. And so God is addressing the serpent, and we are we are presented with the proto evangelium, the, mm-hmm. the 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 first first gospel, and it's here that God says He said, "I will put enmity between you and the woman, and between your offspring and hers. They will strike at your head, while you strike at their heel." Mm-hmm. And tradition is long held, I believe, from the very second century. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a foreshadowing of Christ, of the new Adam. Mm-hmm. It was the first Adam that screwed up. Well, the second, there will be another Adam to make reparations. Right. And mm-hmm. so as there's the first Adam and the first Eve, they screwed up. Well, there's... There's also then, if there's a new Adam, there is a new Eve. Right. And just as the first Eve, by her disobedience, she led Adam to sin, so in God's plan, he desired a woman to be part of the remedy. Right. And so Mary then is, is the exact opposite, the reverse mm-hmm. of the first Eve, that she is the one that will bring about. Yes, she has an intimate role in this 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 salvation, and her assent to be the mother of God was the first part of that, wasn't it? Yes, because yeah, she because, agreed to it, where Eve kind of yeah. went against. And actually, one thing that's interesting, I'm kind of you know uh, trying to get my ducks in a row here, but she, so she, so Eve was, I guess, the mother of all mm-hmm. of all humanity, right? And it was by her disobedience that, that all humanity fell into mm-hmm. disarray. Well, Eve, at the moment of her, of her Mary. Announce, Eve, Mary, Mary, thank you, <clears throat> uh, Mary, at the moment of the Annunciation, she represents all of humanity. Mm-hmm. That her yes is not simply her own, but she draws all humanity into herself right. in that moment, and so, and so, this is why, like, she is the new Eve. Mm-hmm. And our mother. And our mother. And yes. that's, yes. Yes, which is a very important part of this. Yes. Yeah. Um, so do we put too much emphasis on Mary then by calling her the new Eve and the, or, you know, because a lot of the the things that go against this, all, of course, usually come from outside the church, but I think it's important to, for us to understand them. So do, do we put too much emphasis on Mary by doing that, do you think? He's going to say no. No, it's like, no. <laughs> no, and that's how I'm going to answer that. <laughs> I guess I, you know, this perhaps isn't, doesn't have great theological depth, but <laughs> I think, you know, Jesus loved his mother so much that how do you think he feels? Like he's always wants to exalt creation mm-hmm. and he would he would obviously have a, the greatest desire to exalt the greatest of creation right. the most perfect aspect is mother sure. and so like yeah like he is a good son he's always like hey look at my mom mm-hmm. she's awesome mm-hmm. 
And so I always wonder, it's like if when people downplay Mary, it's like insulting someone's mother. Yeah. How would you like, how do you think that's going to make Jesus feel? And you're like, oh, your mom's not important. Who right. cares about her? Well, yeah. I think Jesus thought pretty highly of his mother. I think he did too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So you had also said to me um, <clears throat> that Mary is the church. Uh, when we had talked about this topic be- mm-hmm. when I talked to you on the phone, um, and that that means that she leads everyone to Jesus. So, do I have that right? Is that kind of where you were going? Um, I don't quite remember specifically what I told you at the moment, but um, <laughs> so tell me something new. <laughs> so, okay, let's see if I can come up with something new. Okay. Uh, so we don't say that Mary is not like we don't equate her with the church. Right. She is a figure of the church. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the moment of like the Annunciation, she is the she is the she stands in representation of the church. She is the mother of the church. Um, I think it's interesting to note that also when you talk about the new Eve, that Mary is the new Eve, and also the church is referred to as the new Eve. Mm-hmm. In some ways, I think that Mary is the cause of the church. That, as I said, that, okay, what is the church? The church is the body of Christ. And as Mary was the, 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 the mother, the source of the flesh and blood, the physical body of Christ, um, so when it comes to the mystical body of Christ, uh, she is the cause of that yeah. too. Yeah. And so we see that in a more explicit way, like on Calvary. It's when... Oh, sure. It's when... Jesus on the cross and says, you know, uh, to John, behold your mother and then behold your son. Mm-hmm. It was in that moment then that Mary in a very a formal way became the mother of the church. And it was at that moment then, obviously, the church in that moment was born out of the side of the new Adam, mm-hmm. of Jesus on the cross. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's some that's some good connections there. I like yeah. that. <laughs> good job. <laughs> yes. Good. <laughs> so one of the other things you had mentioned was, um, and and I read as I was getting ready for this interview, is that the church has not made any declaration on whether or not Mary actually died. So there's mm. there's some theological questions and disagreements about this. And it's okay to actually hold different opinions about this because the church has not declared one way or another. So what are your thoughts on this? Did Mary die? Did she was she assumed just before her death? What did you find? So he's looking in his cheater book. Oh yeah, I got my cheater book, uh, <laughs> Fundamentals of Catholic Dogma, one of the greatest books ever. Um, so, like, well, I can't remember if I mentioned at the beginning, but so at the very first centuries of the church, the the was this solemnity was originally celebrated as the Dormition of Mary, mm-hmm. that her assumption wasn't the first thing that was recognized, but it was in fact her death. Right. A peaceful death. We say that the dormition is, is sleeping, literally just falling asleep. Mm-hmm. So that was the basis. And I, I, as I kind of I did some, some reading on this yesterday, and just about every single source from tradition acknowledges her death. Mm-hmm. And so I mean, I think it's like, okay, uh, Origen, St. Ephraim, uh, St. Jerome, St. Augustine. There's some big names in there. <clears throat> yeah, there's some big <laughs> names. And it's like, and so they acknowledge that, okay, this isn't, this isn't part of the dogma. Um, 
but this this makes sense. And why does it make sense? So first off, I guess Mary's if she was going to be subject, she, she wasn't subject to death on account of original sins. Right. This wasn't a punishment. But I think okay. Jesus Christ was sinless. Mm-hmm. He submitted himself to death. Mm-hmm. And if if we're going to be if we're going to experience the resurrection, first you have to die. Mm-hmm. And so Mary, not as a matter of punishment, I think she was probably given the choice, you know. We don't okay. know. Okay. That's just my speculation. Right. Um and she would have chose to say, okay, well, Jesus, if 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 it was good enough for you to die. I want to have that solidarity with you. I yep. want to have solidarity with every other human being on earth. Mm-hmm. And so... It seems like she would probably say that. Yeah, and it's it? like, yeah. why would she be like... It seems odd that she would be like, if if Christ himself is going to die, why would she be the only one right. that's, I'm not going to die. I'm right. not going to... Right. So, and we don't know that. So, you know, if someone's out there like, I, I believe that, that Mary didn't die. Okay, well, you, you're, you're free. You're free to believe that, yes. You, you go to town. That's okay. There, there's some, there's some latitude in believing, right. Right. you know. Because we just don't know. Uh, yep. She may have been assumed like <clears throat> seconds after after death. Yeah, and that's what I'm. I'm guessing that that she she died mm-hmm. this most peaceful death, and then a very short while. We don't know what that is. Right. I'm guessing Jesus didn't wait around. Right. <laughs> Came very quickly. Uh, we don't. We only have a minute or so left. Um, okay. But I think one of the things for me is if you really think about what the assumption may have been like for Mary, if you kind of think about, she knows that she's about to die, most likely. We. I mean, I don't think she was hit by a bus, so <laughs> she, was, she probably knew she was about to die. I took that really nice moment and kind of wrecked it, didn't I? I'm sorry. Um, she knew she was about to die and about to join her son. Uh-huh. So. Did she know she was going to be assumed? We don't know that either, but she knew she was going to join her son. So that had to be kind of a really glorious moment for her as well. Um, I don't know. Have you ever thought about that? Any pictures in your head? I think of, uh, I was trying to, I forget what it's called, but there is a, there is an image of Mary's death mm-hmm. and it's, she's, laying on this, this slab or this bed or whatever, and she's surrounded by all the apostles. But then there's this this reverse Madonna where mm-hmm. she, so always, it's, it's always uh, Mary holding the right. infant Christ. Yes. Well, in this image, it's Christ holding the infant Mary. Oh, wow. And, they, and they, the, the understanding is that, that the infant Mary represents the innocence of Mary's mm-hmm. soul. So there's this beautiful moment where, oh. where Christ receives her soul. And I just, so... That was a great one. Yeah. I wish I wish we had a... We yeah, no like, kidding. We should have been prepared for that. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Bill. Well, that's a great one. All right. So, so that's all very helpful to explain some of this yeah. stuff that we're going to be celebrating. Um, anything you want to leave us with real quick? No. Okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for coming to talk to us about the assumption. You're very welcome. And uh, I hope things continue to go well for you oh, up there yes. in the rural areas. Thanks, Looking Mother. Looking forward to it. All right. All right. Uh, if you haven't already found us on social media, you can find us at Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube at SF Diocese, or you can find us online at our website at sfcatholic.org. That's it for us today. Hope you'll join us again next week for more Catholic Views.